Act One of The School for Wives by Moliere, translated by Henry van Laun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The School for Wives, a comedy in five acts, by Moliere. Dramatis Personae. Arnolf. Alias Monsieur de la Souche. Read by Peter Tucker. Footnote. This part was played by Moliere himself. End footnote. Cressald. Friend to Arnolf. Read by Todd. Horace. In love with Agnes. Read by Thomas Peter. Enrique. Brother-in-law of Cressald. Read by Chuck Williamson. Orant. Father to Horace and a great friend of Arnolf. Read by Nemo. Alain, a country fellow, servant to Arnolf. Read by Alain Mapstone. The Notary. Read by Zames Curran. Agnes, a young innocent girl brought up by Arnolf. Read by Lian Yao. Georgette, a countrywoman, servant to Arnolf. Read by Sonia. Narrated by Abai. Scene. A square in a town. Act 1. Scene 1. Grisald, Arnolf. You have come to marry her, you say? Yes, I mean to settle the business tomorrow. We are here alone, and I think we can speak together without fear of being overheard. Do you wish me to open my heart to you like a friend? Your plan makes me tremble with fear for you. To take a wife is a rash step for you, whichever way you consider the matter. True, my friend. Possibly you find in your own home reasons why you should fear for me. I fancy that your own forehead shows that horns are everywhere the infallible accompaniment of marriage. These are accidents against which we cannot insure ourselves. It seems to me that the trouble people take about this is very ridiculous. But when I fear for you, it is on account of this raillery of which a hundred poor husbands have felt the sting. For you know that neither great nor small have been safe from your criticism. That your greatest pleasure, wherever you are, is to make a mighty outcry about secret intrigues. Exactly. Is there another city in the world where husbands are so patient as here? Do we not meet with them in every variety and well provided with everything? One heaps up wealth, which his wife shares with those who are eager to make him a dupe. Another, slightly more fortunate, but not less infamous, sees his wife receive presents day after day and is not troubled in mind by any jealous twinge when she tells him that they are the rewards of virtue. One makes a great noise, which does him not the slightest good, Another lets matters take their course in all meekness, and seeing the gallant arrive at his house, very politely takes up his gloves and his cloak. One married woman cunningly pretends to make a confidant of her confiding husband, who slumbers securely under such a delusion, and pities the gallant for his pains, which, however, the latter does not throw away. Another married woman, to account for her extravagance, says that the money she spends has been won at play. And the silly husband, without considering at what play, thanks heaven for her winnings, 
in short we find subjects for satire everywhere and may i as a spectator not laugh at them are not these fools yes but he who laughs at another must beware lest he in turn be laughed at himself i hear what is said and how some folks delight in retailing what goes on but no one has seen me exult at reports which are brooded about in the places i frequent i am rather reserved in this respect and though i might condemn a certain toleration of these matters and am resolved by no means to suffer quietly what some husbands endure yet i have never affected to say so for after all satire may fall upon ourselves and we should never vow in such cases what we should or should not do thus if by an overruling fate some natural disgrace should ever happen to my brow i am almost sure after the way in which i have acted that people would be content to laugh at it in their sleeve and possibly in addition i may reap this advantage that a few good fellows will say what a pity but with you my dear friend it is otherwise i tell you again you are running a plaguy risk as your tongue has always persistently bantered husbands accused of being tolerant as you have shown yourself like a demon let loose upon them you must walk straight for fear of being made a laughing-stock and if it happens that they get the least pretext take care they do not publish your disgrace at the public market cross and good heaven friend do not trouble yourself he will be a clever man who catches me in this way i know all the cunning tricks and subtle devices which women use to deceive us and how one is fooled by their dexterity and i have taken precaution against this mischance she whom i am marrying possesses all the innocence which may protect my forehead from evil influence why what do you imagine that a silly girl to be brief to marry a silly girl is not to become silly myself i believe as a good christian that your better half is very wise but a clever wife is ominous and i know what some people have to pay for choosing theirs with too much talent what i go and saddle myself with an intellectual woman who talks of nothing but of her assembly and ruelle who writes tender things in prose and in verse and is visited by marquises and wits whilst as mrs so-and-so's husband i should be like a saint whom no one calls upon no no i will have none of your lofty minds a woman who writes knows more than she ought to do i intend that my wife shall not even be clever enough to know what a rhyme is if one plays at corbillon with her and asks her in her turn what is put into the basket i will have her answer a cream tart in a word let her be very ignorant and to tell you the plain truth it is enough for her that she can say her prayers love me so and spin a stupid wife then is your fancy so much so that i should prefer a very stupid and ugly woman to a very beautiful one with a great deal of wit wit and beauty virtue is quite enough but how can you expect after all that a mere simpleton can ever know what it is to be virtuous besides to my mind it must be very wearisome for a man to have a stupid creature perpetually with him do you think you act rightly and that by reliance on your plan a man's brow is saved from danger a woman of sense may fail in her duty 
but she must at least do so knowingly. A stupid woman may at any time fail in hers without desiring or thinking of it. To this fine argument, this deep discourse, I reply as Pantagruel did to Panurge, urge me to marry any other woman than a stupid one. Preach and lecture till Whitsuntide, you shall be amazed to find, when you have done, that you have not persuaded me in the very slightest. I do not want to say another word. Every man has his own way. With my wife, as in everything, I mean to follow my fashion. I think I am rich enough to take a partner who shall owe all to me, and whose humble station and complete dependence cannot reproach me either with her poverty or her birth. A sweet and staid look made me love Agnès, amongst other children, when she was only four. It came into my mind to ask her from her mother, who was very poor, the good countrywoman, learning my wish, was delighted to rid herself of the charge. I had her brought up, according to my own notions, in a little solitary convent. That is to say, directing them what means to adopt in order to make her as idiotic as possible. Thank heaven, success has crowned my efforts, and I am very thankful to say I have found her so innocent that I have blessed heaven for having done what I wished, in giving me a wife according to my desire. Then I brought her away, and as my house is continually open to a hundred different people, and as we must be on our guard against everything, I have kept her in another house where no one comes to see me, and where her good disposition cannot be spoilt, as she meets none but people as simple as herself. You will say, wherefore this long story? It is to let you see the care I have taken, to crown all, and as you are a trusty friend, I ask you to sup with her tonight. I wish you would examine her a little, and see if I am to be condemned for my choice. With all my heart. You can judge of her looks and her innocence when you converse with her. As to that, what you have told me cannot. What I have told you falls even short of the truth. I admire her simplicity on all occasions. Sometimes she says things at which I split my sides with laughing. The other day, would you believe it, she was uneasy and came to ask me with unexampled innocence if children came through the ears. I greatly rejoice, Mr. Arnolf. What? Will you always call me by that name? Ah, it comes to my lips in spite of me. I never remember Monsieur de la Souche. Who on earth has put it into your head to change your name at forty-two years of age? and give yourself a title from a rotten old tree on your farm. Besides that the house is known by that name, La Souche pleases my ear better than Arnolf. What a pity to give up the genuine name of one's fathers and take one based on chimaras. Most people have it itching that way, and without including you in the comparison, I knew a country fellow called Grospierre, who, having no property but a rood of land, had a muddy ditch made all around it, and took the high-sounding name of Monsieur de Isle. You might dispense with such examples. But at all events, de la Souche is the name I bear. I have a reason for it. I like it. And to call me otherwise is to annoy me. Most people find it hard to fall in with it. I even yet see letters addressed. I endure it easily from those who are not informed. But you... Be it so. We will make no difficulty about it. I will take care to accustom my lips to call you nothing else than Monsieur de la Souche. 
farewell i am going to knock here to wish them good morning and simply to say that i have come back chrysalde aside upon my word i think he is a perfect fool arnulf alone he is a little touched on certain points strange to see how each man is passionately fond of his own opinion knocks at his door hello scene two arnulf alain georgette within who knocks open the door aside i think they will be very glad to see me after ten days absence who's there i georgette well open the door there go and do it yourself you go and do it indeed i shall not go no more shall i fine compliments while i am left without hello here please who knocks your master alain what it is the master open the door quickly open it yourself i am blowing the fire i'm taking care that the sparrow does not go out for fear of the cat whoever of you two does not open the door shall have no food for four days Ugh! why do you come when i was running why should you more than i a pretty trick indeed stand out of the way stand out of the way yourself i wish to open the door and so do i you shall not no more shall you nor you i need have patience here alain entering there it is i master georgette entering your servant it is i if it were not out of respect for master here i arnulf receiving a push from alain oh, hang it pardon me look at the lot it was she also master hold your tongues both of you just answer me and let us have no more fooling well alain how is everyone here master we arnulf takes off alain's hat master we arnulf takes it off again thank heaven we arnulf taking off the hat a third time and flinging it on the ground who taught you impertinent fool to speak to me with your hat on your head you're right i'm wrong arnulf to alain ask agnes to come down scene three arnulf georgette was she sad after i went away sad no no yes yes why then may i die on the spot but she expected to see you return every minute and we never heard a horse an ass or a mule pass by without her thinking it was you scene four arnulf agnes alain georgette work in hand that is a good sign well agnes i have returned are you glad of it yes sir heaven be thanked 
i too am glad to see you again you have always been well i see you have except for the fleas which troubled me in the night ah you shall soon have someone to drive them away i shall be pleased with that i can easily imagine it what are you doing there i am making myself some caps your nightshirts and caps are finished oh, that is all right well go upstairs do not tire yourself i will soon return and talk to you of important matters scene five arnolf alone heroines of the day learned ladies who spout tender and fine sentiments i defy in a breath all your verses your novels your letters your love letters your entire science to be worth as much as this virtuous and modest ignorance we must not be dazzled by riches and so long as honour is scene six horace arnolf what do i see is it yes i am mistaken but no no it is himself hor monsieur anne horace arnolf oh what joy indeed and how long have you been here nine days really i went straight to your house but in vain i was in the country yes you had been gone ten days oh how these children spring up in a few years i am amazed to see him so tall after having known him no higher than that you see how it is but tell me how is orange your father my good and dear friend whom i esteem and revere what is he doing what is he saying is he still hearty he knows i am interested in all that affects him we have not seen one another these four years nor what is more written to each other i think monsieur arnauf he is still more cheerful than ourselves i had a letter from him for you but he has since informed me in another letter that he is coming here though as yet i do not know the reason for it can you tell me which of your townsmen has returned with abundance of wealth earned during a fourteen years residence in america no have you not heard his name Enric? no my father speaks of him and his return as though he should be well known to me he writes that they are about to set out together on an affair of consequence of which his letter says nothing gives orange's letter to arnolf i shall assuredly be very glad to see him and shall do my best to entertain him after reading the letter friends do not need to send such polite letters and all these compliments are unnecessary even if he had not taken the trouble to write one word you might have freely disposed of all i have i am a man who takes people at their word and i have present need of a hundred pistols upon my word you oblige me by using me thus i rejoice that i have them with me keep the purse too i must drop this ceremony well how do you like this town so far its inhabitants are numerous its buildings splendid and i should think that its amusements are wonderful everyone has his own pleasures after his own fashion but for those whom we christen our gallants they have in this town just what pleases them for the women are born flirts dark and fair are amiably disposed and the husbands are also the most kind in the world it is a pleasure fit for a king to me it is a mere comedy to see the pranks i do perhaps you've already smitten someone have you had no adventure yet 
men of your figure can do more than men who have money and you are cut out to make a cuckold <laughs> not to deceive you as to the simple truth i have had a certain love passed in these parts and friendship compels me to tell you of it arnulf aside good here's another queer story to set down in my pocket-book but pray let these things be secret oh you know that in these matters a secret divulge destroys our expectations i will then frankly confess to you that my heart has been smitten in this place by a certain fair maid my little attentions were at once so successful that i obtained a pleasant introduction to her not to boast too much nor to do her an injustice affairs go very well with me <laughs> and she is horace pointing to the house of agnes a young creature living in yonder house of which you can see the red walls from this simple of a truth through the matchless folly of a man who hides her from all the world but who amidst the ignorance in which she would enslave her discloses charms that throw one into raptures as well as a thoroughly engaging manner and something indescribably tender against which no heart is proof but perhaps you have seen this young star of love adorned by so many charms agnes is her name arnulf aside oh i shall burst with rage as for the man i think his name is oh uh, de la zeus or souche i did not much concern myself about the name he is rich by what they told me but not one of the wisest of men they say he is a ridiculous fellow do you not know him arnulf aside it is a bitter pill i have to swallow why you do not speak a word oh yes i know him he is a fool is he not <sighs> what do you say ah uh, that means yes jealous i suppose ridiculously so stupid i see he is just as they told me to be brief the lovely agnes has succeeded in enslaving me she is a pretty jewel to tell you honestly it would be a sin if such a rare beauty were left in the power of this eccentric fellow for me all my efforts all my dearest wishes are to make her mine in spite of this jealous wretch and the money which i so freely borrow of you was only to bring this laudable enterprise to a conclusion you know better than i that whatever we undertake money is the master key to all great plans and that this sweet metal which distracts so many promotes our triumphs in love as in war you seem vexed can it be that you disapprove of my design no but i was thinking this conversation wearies you farewell i will soon pay you a visit to return thanks arnulf thinking himself alone what must it horace returning once again pray be discreet do not go and spread my secret abroad arnulf thinking himself alone i feel within my soul horace returning again and above all to my father who would perhaps get enraged if he knew of it arnulf expecting horace to return again oh scene seven arnulf alone 
oh what i have endured during this conversation never was trouble of mind equal to mine with what rashness and extreme haste did he come to tell me of this affair though my second name keeps him at fault did ever any blunderer run on so furiously but having endured so much i ought to have refrained until i had learned that which i have reason to fear to have drawn out his foolish chattering to the end and ascertained their secret understanding completely let me try to overtake him i fancy he is not far off let me worm from him the whole mystery i tremble for the misfortune which may befall me for we often seek more than we wish to find end of act one